0: Welcome to A Day of Prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me.
1: Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, I'm Pastor Kamisha. You're listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into the word, let's open up in prayer. God, I love you and I thank you. And we appreciate the gentleness that you display towards us. We appreciate your everlasting love and your mercy that endures forever, Lord. We thank you for being so good to us and for being good to all, full of mercy, full of compassion, full of compassion. And you are full of good works. All you do is good, Lord. So we thank you for that. We ask you to minister to us, Lord, to help us to align our vision with your vision and to align our desires with your desires and to align our wills with your will. So that way we can say, nevertheless, not our will, but your will be done, God. Holy Spirit, make your presence known to us. Reveal your presence word and the truth, because your word is truth, God. We thank you for the armor that we have in you, Jesus. We thank you for the provisions that your blood has supplied and provided to us. We take them with care, with value, fully esteeming you as worthy of all glory and honor and praise. And we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. We are in our morning Bible study and continuing in Romans. We are. For <laughs> those that. Are, it's that almost are like crossing the desert, now. right? <laughs> but it's
1: a it's a good place. It's it the is. word.
0: So, we are continuing in chapter eleven. By continuing, uh, I mean mm-hmm. we are going to reread the same section of scriptures that we have been on the past couple um couple episodes so mm-hmm. it it's not a <laughs> it's not a repeat yeah. i just want to make that clear all right okay. but uh the lord still has more that he wanted to discuss through that so we're going to be obedient and we're going to follow his plan so mm-hmm. can i get a volunteer to reread romans 11 verses 25 through 36 please i will no, all right layla
2: For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And so all Israel will be saved, as it is written, The Deliverer will come out of Zion, and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob, for this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins." Concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sake, but concerning the election, they are beloved for the sake of the fathers. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. For as you were once disobedient to God, yet have now obtained mercy through their disobedience, even so these also have now been disobedient, that through the mercy shown you, they also may obtain mercy. For God has committed them all to disobedience, that he might have mercy on all. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has become his counselor, or who has first given to him, and it shall be repaid to him. For of him and through him and to him are all things, and to whom be glory forever. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: All right, so the floor is open. I want to give each of you the opportunity to share what the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you and ask any questions that you have. All right? So, who'd like to begin? I will. All right, I promise.
3: The Lord was talking me up uh, to me about verse 32. Where it's, where it's talking about, For God has commanded them all to, all to disobedience that you might have mercy on all. Mm-hmm. And how the Lord reminds remind me of how some, some people might think, "Whoa, well, why is the Lord giving us the disobedience so we can teach other people? And how it's not like that. And how, for example, let's say inside America. Thanks, never mind. <laughs> go ahead honey let's say if Once a person's a baby they, and they don't know something's wrong then it's not necessarily wrong until they know willingly and say alright this is wrong but I'm gonna do it anyway and it kind of reminds me of James 4 where it says to wait let me look it up what is it sir he who knows what's good to do and does not do it to him it is sin. Okay, is that what you're looking for? Yes. Okay. And how it's the same in how the Lord's not saying the Lord's pointing out saying, all right, this will this is disobedience. So you you're able to repent and you also you can also go. All right, this isn't this is wrong. So don't do this. And how if since the earth is a fallen world and if people if you don't repent, you're not gonna make it to heaven. And how the Lord's pointing out and saying, Alright, this is wrong so you can repent and you can get, have eternal life.
4: Was okay. that was that it we gonna yes. share more?
3: not at this moment
4: okay I just want to take a second and look at um, disobedience since you brought that up because okay. it's important to help us understand that so if we go back to the original text on that that comes from apatheia which the definition is willful unbelief okay. obstinacy and disobedience and the origin of that is from apatheis, which is disbelief obstinate and rebellious so I think it's, mm-hmm. you know, we also have to think about how God has created us, and he's given us that choice, mm-hmm. that freedom mm-hmm. to make those decisions, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is where we only have the freedom to make the decision for him as well. So God is good. Yes, he is. Amen. So just to look at the question kind of like what you were saying, like, what, well, why would God say he's given him over to disobedience? But it's really he's created us with free will to be disobedient. So that we have the free will to choose him. Mm-hmm. So it's not like God is bad for giving us disobedience. God is good for giving us the ability to choose obedience.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. And uh, Oh, were you going to say something? Go ahead, honey. Go ahead. I was just going to say the term um, committed them or given them over. It just means he's going, okay, <laughs> I'll let you stay there for a while. But he also already because he knows the end from the beginning which is such a magnificent thing about god he's already said okay i i will let you stay in your disobedience for a time and when that time is finished i'll be coming back (laughs) to you know to speak to your hearts in a way that will spark you to look up and acknowledge him as god um you know we kind of we kind of see a little bit of that in, in Nebuchadnezzar while he was out in the um, the field as a beast. It's not a little bit. There was a whole lot of it. <laughs>
4: it was. Seven years of yes. acting like a beast. That's a whole lot.
1: Yes. I mean, and, and you can see that. In, and when Nebuchadnezzar had had enough, when he was filled up, he was like, oh, here you are, God. But you also have to know if the Lord had removed the grace that kept him in his right mind it was also God's grace that allowed him to look up and see Jesus when his heart was ready God was merciful to him and that was a matter of how long before he was restored to his kingdom I mean it was a very quick process from when he said oh God you are God (laughs) I'm sorry to the time he was back into his uh his kingly robes and Going back, you know, writing to everybody going, let me tell you what the Lord, (laughs) what the Lord did and that he is true and in fact, God. So, you know, that's, that's part of the, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God that are unsearchable, you know, his, his judgments, his mental clarity, his focus, his, um, omnipotence, his, his everything. He is. So wonderful, so powerful, so knowledgeable in everything.
4: Just a quick aside, if I may. I had never thought about this, and this may or may not be accurate. Do we have any other king in the Bible who lost his throne and regained it?
1: Uh, David?
4: Tentacling,
0: David.
1: David, when Absalom. Yeah, yeah,
4: well, I guess, yeah, okay, okay. So I was thinking that was quite a restoration.
0: But not of a, clearly, insanity. And acting out and living like a beast for a 7 year I mean, that person would be so, uh, even just today's standards. Well, the
4: entire kingdom wasn't ripped away from David either, though, was it? No, his, from, his son uh, took it over. There so were was some like that left coup. with him.
1: It was it was a coup, yes. and it was right. a, a short-term one, relatively. Right. Um, right. But there were people that crowned Absalom. They set up a... Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but just will, just, just the, the restoration
4: mm-hmm. of that, what that took to to bring that back, just seems mm-hmm. absolutely. I mean, God's grace and his and his ability is just and he un, held un, his place is endless. Was just, yeah. yeah,
1: he held and and the I think the difference between those two would be that God held Nebuchadnezzar's place. His son didn't come up and go, I'm the king, I'm the king, you know, and start pointing at his crown and that kind of stuff. And they were like, that's granddaddy out there. You know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wherever he was. Right. But well, we have He's to look at that, too. Someone had to fill in the role yeah. in, but for the seven years.
1: Usurp him. And that's what I mean by this yes. place. He wasn't usurped in that because he came right back and everybody was like, hell, King Nebuchadnezzar. You know, they went on, carried on the business and he was writing decrees going, this is God this is the god right here the god mm-hmm. of heaven this is the real one um whereas david he was usurped and had to fight his way you know and god still helped him but he you know had to make a physical uh what is that re reassertion of his
0: uh mm-hmm. reestablish him Mm-hmm. so yes um Promise. I love that you you brought up about um, with James, right? And and verse thirty-two um again.
1: James seventeen compared to first.
0: Just James four seventeen and.
1: That's what I meant. Four seventeen. Yeah, yeah. No, that's
0: good, Sorry. honey. Um, but then God committing them all to disobedience, right? And and Dean, I love how you brought up the <laughs> the interlinear and the the original text and and the meaning behind disobedience, showing that it was willful, like with full knowledge, which goes back to what we had discussed a couple episodes ago in Galatians, in Galatians 3, where it says what the point and purpose of the law was, and it was to teach us. But now we've had Christ demonstrate that and teach us, so we don't need to continue to learn, right? Uh, about the law or about sin, like now we have full. We should have full knowledge by this point, is what is being said. But also, we and we are here talking about the manifold wisdom of the Lord, which is incredible. Right, the depths of His wisdom and knowledge, and and again, how the Lord works through Paul and actually throughout the entirety of His word, all the law, all the prophets, everything. Mm-hmm. He brings up a point and then continually repeats it in various ways, right? It repeats that same point. Paul here, talking about um, all have been committed to disobedience, that the Lord might have mercy on all. In other words, in mercy, we have to understand mercy and grace. Grace is receiving something we don't deserve, and mercy is not receiving the very thing that we do deserve. Right. the
1: punishment the, the punishment calamity, the, the consequences the death, of the sin from God.
0: exactly eternal separation or death and eternal separation from from God that's what we do deserve but we were redeemed mm-hmm. well going back to that right so Paul already with the, with the Lord through Paul already covered that that point and that's in Romans 3 19 and 20 so this is a continued discussion for, or I'll say, uh, the conversation has gotten deeper, but what Paul says in Romans three nineteen and 20 is this. We know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight for by the law, Is the knowledge of sin so Paul, like I said, is already or the Lord through Paul is already making those same points. The Lord has been teaching us about sin, which again, let's not forget, isn't that part of the role of the Holy Spirit?
2: Yes, Yes. And, and
0: it says, Why, right? Because the world did not understand what righteousness and sin. And there was the third thing. That's in John 16. You don't have to turn there. I'll let you look it up on your own, but <clears throat> just for time. All right. But it says how we did not understand those things accurately. Now, and that's in John 16. Now, the Holy Spirit was there the whole time to teach us. If you can look throughout the word, the Holy Spirit has always been there. He wasn't freely given, if you will, as he is now, right? But he's freely given now, Mm. which is why the other reason Paul is making this statement or makes it in Galatians, excuse me, makes it in Galatians about how we have been taught. We've already been taught, right? Um, But then we have to look at why we wouldn't understand the lesson. And this goes back to promise what you brought up, in james chapter 4 right now you covered the last verse verse 17 right therefore to him who knows to do good and does not do it to him it is sin but what is the entirety of chapter 4 about
1: james chapter 4 of james
0: chapter 4 of james chapter 4 it lists out multiple reasons why we would knowingly be in opposition. And the very first thing it addresses is pride and all the different ways pride impacts us in our lives. Hmm. Right? And then that the, the first verse, James 4, verse 1, where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have, this is verse 2, lust and do not have, you murder and covet and cannot obtain, you fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. It's pride. Pride prevents us from asking. Amen.
1: Mm-hmm
0: because then we would have to humble ourselves to be able to ask. We'd have to humble ourselves to let someone else know, in this case, God, our heavenly father, know, hey, Lord, I have a need and I'm going to you because I know you are God and you are the one that can provide or that will provide and the only one that can actually fulfill it. I may think I want whatever, right? And I'll say it in this way, you can even see that in in the human body, right? There are are people that all of a sudden are craving something, like potato chips. Are they actually craving the potato chip? Probably not. Their body is saying, I need salt. I need sodium. Mm -hmm. And knowing, oh, it's in potato chips. Mm
1: -hmm. And they usually crave salt because they're dehydrated.
0: Exactly. So. So, so... what they're craving doesn't actually address the issue, right? But again, we're going back to Romans 11, right? And it's talking about the, the mind of the Lord and how deep the riches of his, his wisdom and his counsel and who has taught the mind of the Lord, right? Who has taught the Lord? Hmm. I mean, and Job describes this. Or he, <laughs> he mentions this topic repeatedly, right? Job 5, 9. The one who does great and unsearchable things, wonders without number. Um, 11, just Job, uh, chapter 11, verse 7. Can you fathom the deep things of God and discover the limits of the Almighty? Of course not. That's the job and the role of the Holy Spirit, right? And you, you see that very plainly articulated through or in John chapter 16. It talks about the role of the Holy Spirit. And and in short, what is his, his job? His role is to search the depths of the Father, to take from him and disclose it to us. Right? Mm-hmm. And then we'll continue. Job 37, 23. The Almighty, of course that's God, that's the Lord, is beyond our reach. He is exalted in power. In his justice and great righteousness he does not oppress. Right? Mm-hmm. Psalm thirty six six says something very similar. Your righteousness is like the highest mountains, your judgments are like mm-hmm. the deepest sea. O Lord, you preserve man and beast. Psalm ninety two five. How great are your works, O Lord, how deep are your thoughts? Right? What does David say? And we've we covered this many times That's so why I, I just threw it out there as a random thing, right?
1: Go ahead and remind us, honey.
0: It says that he wanted to know his ways and the Lord's ways and the Lord's thoughts because his ways and his thoughts are not ours, mm-hmm. but they are higher than ours.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Amen. And then again, these... and if it was just for this, right? When we talk about wisdom, when we talk about knowledge, so much, I'll say credit and, and praise is given to even people on earth, right? For their for the wisdom and knowledge that they do have, right? We, we put them in a, a special category, if you will, saying they're elite or they're uh, think tank people, right? Saying, oh, they're really smart. They're Incredibly intelligent, right? What mm. you can see it in Scripture with Solomon, right? And talking about the wisdom. But where did Solomon get his wisdom? You can oh, see it sure. today with in business with people like Elon Musk and in, in developing, all right, technology and all these advances, technological advances. People like Elon Musk and even, like I said, business with Jeff Bezos and and countless others. Right? These people are are given praise for how smart they are right einstein and and a myriad of others right psalm 107 8 oh that men would praise the lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men right that we would be able to comprehend all those things again we brought up solomon where did his wisdom come from
2: the Holy Spirit, the yeah, from the
0: Lord, ultimately yes. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit is God, yes. It came from the Lord. Why and when?
2: Because why? Because Solomon asked for it when the Lord visited him in a dream and said, "Ask whatever you want." And Solomon said, "Give me wisdom so that I could hmm. guide these people of yours." Because who can do it but you?
0: Okay, so we were just talking about pride, right? Yes. Solomon asked for wisdom not riches right because in wisdom was the ability to obtain wealth and all those other things but it was even greater than that and you just brought it up he said who can lead this great people of of solomon's
2: of yours of yours as in the
0: lord's exactly Mm -hmm. who can lead these people of yours acknowledging yes i've been placed in this position all right solomon being king right and the Lord fulfilling His covenant and His promise to, to David, right? Mm. Yes. And Solomon acknowledging, "Yep, while I have this place, I know that it's the Lord's place. The Lord's put me here, and everything that I am doing is just leading and managing." Mm what the Lord has given me, which is his things.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think it would, it's also him recognizing God as king. Amen. These are your people, your king, because that's who started out Absolutely. as their king. And so going, okay, there, that's your role. You are king and I'm your servant. Just a Not a the proxy. other way around. Yeah. <laughs> just a proxy, if you will.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. But that's, isn't that how we're supposed to, to live and conduct ourselves, mm-hmm. our Christian walk and life today?
2: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: yes. We are to be, good stewards or stewards of all the Lord has given us because mm-hmm. the earth is the Lord's and everything they're in That's it. or everything in it. Right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Then it's not mine. And even the things that I have aren't actually mine. They belong to the Lord.
1: That's
0: right. So he, but he's a given me and you and, and everyone things he's appointed you over them to be a steward over them, to watch over them, to manage them, to lead if it's people if it's children whatever the case is he's given you that place and that position and you have a responsibility to be a steward over them mm-hmm. time talent treasures everything
1: mm-hmm.
0: so we should recognize that and not lose sight right
2: yes yes
0: but then also it goes into that that last couple of verses there right who has given to him that is given to the Lord and it shall be repaid to him if everything's his then there's literally nothing I have that I could give to him to repay him Mm -hmm. nothing it all belongs to him anyway and I am just being a steward or watching over all those things so and then he concludes with that last thing: For him and through him, for, excuse me, for of him and through him and to him are all things. To whom be glory forever. Amen.
4: Amen. Oh, just when you just said everything is God's, I don't know if you, have, you ever heard the old joke about the, um, the scientists that uh, went to God and said, God, we don't need you anymore. We figured out how to create man. And God said, really? That's pretty interesting. He says, well, go ahead and show me then. He's okay, God. So he started to gather up some dirt. He goes, Whoa, 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 get your own dirt, right?
1: <laughs> Amen.
0: The very ground we walk on, right, he is the Lord's. And he created it. And everything mm-hmm. is the Lord's.
1: hmm That reminds me also of um Proverbs 19, verse 17. It says, He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, and he will pay back what he has given. But even in that, like even if you think you're giving God something or lending something to the Lord, God, not only does he own it, but he still pays you back so that mm-hmm. the, the humanity <laughs> in your mindset understands that he's a good God and he's not uh, in debt to anyone and that he's generous. Exactly. Uh, um, I wanted to look at verse 29 for a second before we go <laughs> as we're talking about all mm-hmm. this, um, everything Every good and perfect gift comes from God, and it doesn't come from any other place. but it kind of reminds me of um uh, two two things, kind of what you were connecting with what you were talking about, but touching back to numbers twenty three verses um verse nineteen, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. has he said, and will he not do has he or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? And then reflecting on God answering Job in chapter 38, when, you know, Job was asking, why are all these things happening? And, you know, he's feeling sorry for himself and he's sad. And, you know, like I can understand his sadness, not from personal experience, but I've had my own things that make me go, God, why? Um, Then the Lord answered him and you know, verse two, he goes, who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? And then now prepare yourself like a man and I will question you and you shall answer me. And just seeing that the bigness of our God, mm-hmm. he's so great and beyond us capturing him and holding him in our hand and going, God, what are you doing? And you better do this, that or the other. And speaking to him as though he belongs to us, but even though he is vast and great and all powerful and almighty, he is still personal. He's still compassionate. He still comes down to our, our small and little level to minister to us. And all of these things, you know, I always see God with big, big muscles. You know, when I was a little girl, my dad would hold his muscles out and we would jump on his arm and dangle and see how long he could hold us up. And, you know, we'd fold our legs up and yay. And that was so impressive to us. But our heavenly father is so much more than that. He's so much bigger than that. And knowing that he is above and it is his reign that comes from heaven down to the earth and not us going here, God, we're going to water you. And all of those things, it just really sums up how much our God loves us and the greatness of his compassion towards us, the greatness of his counsel, all of those things work together so that he can show us his love and a way that we comprehend and we understand and we are able to receive it and get the benefit from it. And, um, you know, God didn't take back Israel's place from them. He has not disowned them or, you know, remove them, and he loves them, but he also loves us, and he can do all of those things. As a a parent, as, as parents of multiple children, it's important that we don't have favorites but that we love everybody mm-hmm. equally, and for some, that's hard to conceive. That you know, even, I've known parents of of multiple children, and they're like, "Well, that's my favorite because this one does that that I like in," and, and they single one out to the the harm, the emotional harm of the others, and sometimes physical harm. Well, I'm not going to give you this; I'm going to give it to my favorite over here. Or, you know, whatever it is. But God is so not like that. He is so so equally loving to everyone.
0: And this goes to, you know, what Dean, as you were speaking, I was reminded of what Dean brought up with Nebuchadnezzar. He restored, the Lord restored Nebuchadnezzar to the place he had been given in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Which, so so let's let's acknowledge a few things there. Nebuchadnezzar was not a Jew.
1: No. He, he was not. He was a Chaldean, so he had some ancestry. Okay, right, so from, from
0: Medo-Persia, right? Mm-hmm. So... So, so wait a second. But yes, as you, you pointed out, from this as a general region, Babylon, Chaldea, or Ur, Ur of Chaldea, mm-hmm. right? It was the general location. So um, the border, if you will, modern day um, Iraq and, and Iran, Iran, um, Iraq and Iran. That's that general area of the world. So it says a lot about our Lord. And we should be able to see that pattern. It's not just about Jew or Greek or Jew or Gentile. The Lord, all of the earth is the Lord's and everything Mm -hmm. in it, especially the people. And he, the Lord, desires, wills that none would perish. Mm -hmm. And if he will restore someone like Nebuchadnezzar, who clearly we see was in such opposition to the Lord, but eventually came to that place that he acknowledged God and who God was and who God was to him then he will do it for the Jews and for anyone else that will come to that same place Amen
1: Amen mm-hmm.
0: Alright, well let's let's stop there for today and with that can I get a volunteer to close us in prayer I will Alright, Charles
3: Well I just thank you for today well, I just thank you for everything that you continue to perform and do in our lives, Lord. And Lord, I just thank you for giving us this time to gather together, Lord, and that you give us people to walk beside us, Lord, and to help guide us through life, Lord. Lord, I also just thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit to help us as well, Lord, and making it where he's freely available to us all, Lord. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: In Jesus' name, amen.
1: In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Amen. We love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day.
1: Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store.
0: Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.